Now a trickling puck comes out. Suzuki working in. Right side. Saved by Letter. Rebound. Another stop Letter. Puck into the slot. Toffoli shoots. Stopped by Robin Letter. And the rebound goes wide. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Nolan Patrick comes in, drops it off. Out and shoots. He scores! The former Ranger. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the... Let's start off by just saying a big thank you to our audience, which is continuing to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And uh, that's all because of the popularity of hockey and the passion of uh, of our VGK fans, uh, both uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, around the National Hockey League. So this is awesome and uh, exposed to a a couple of little metrics and uh, a few different uh, anecdotes that uh, come together and say that, that, yeah, it's it's an improving and uh, and deeper uh, pool uh, of hockey fans here in the uh, Golden Knights area in the Las Vegas Valley on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So that out of the way, ah, nice to be back in the winning track, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, was, it was fantastic. Just, it felt good. Felt really good. Yeah, felt really good. And and you know what? They they did it without out hitting the other the other team. <laughs> did, did, yeah, you, did know, you know what, that? Uh, Darren, I, I don't know if you listened to the post game show, extended post game show last night, but uh, I, I dared people to call in to to talk about the fact that the Golden Knights lost the hits battle. Yeah, uh, nobody wanted to talk about hits last night. No, 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 because it's uh, it's one of those uh, just uh, <laughs> uh, sleepy little things that you grab onto because everybody needs a reason for uh, the results. Uh, one way or the other, and it sounds good mm-hmm. because uh, the team was winning before when they were when they were hitting uh, the last few years, and now uh, this year they've they've changed the strategy and they're not hitting. Uh, and and here's here's the best part about last night as I as I just do a little troll, just a little troll for that that <laughs> section of the uh, of our listenership. Uh, they they won last night by out uh, scoring the opposition by getting a goal from the fourth line, which mm-hmm. was normally responsible for the hits, but is now yeah. producing offense. So it, it yeah. came full circle. It was, it was like the perfect storm. And as soon as as soon as Keegan Colasar scored off that wonderful feed from Brett Howden, who poked the puck loose and they went down the ice and it was speed and it was a skill goal, everything. as soon yeah. as that happened, I just put a little circle uh, around the back of my head and went, eh, that one's going to go right off the top tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it would because yeah. um, I'll, I'll be honest, like I had a, a very similar uh, point to make yesterday after that goal as well, uh, because, you know, you look at the, the fact that the Golden Knights fourth line opened up the scoring. You look at the type of play that it was great defensive zone coverage. Uh, Keegan Colasar starts to play by blocking a shot and then Brett Howden's able to make a play at the blue line, open up space in the neutral zone. And you look at the adjustment from Colasar, the pass from Howden, the finish, it's phenomenal work and uh, I think the tweet that I put out about that goal was uh, if only they could hit a little bit more yeah and, and, and you know it's it's tongue-in-cheek 
because we are at one with our audience. We are one big group, uh, and and we yeah. love the Golden Knights, and uh, everybody wants the Golden Knights to succeed. But it just goes mm-hmm. to our conversation on Monday, where we tried to get it across to people that it's it just because you out hit the opposition doesn't mean that uh, that means you're more engaged. Uh, it just means that's your style of team. And there yeah. are, are clubs that, that really do rely on that. Uh, hey, in, 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 the, in the 70s, uh, the, you, you did a lot of fighting, and, and that was your, your ability to win hockey games and intimidate. The Philadelphia Flyers did that to, to three straight Stanley Cup finals and won two of them. But then they, uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, made them change their style because the Montreal Canadiens went to more of a finesse game and 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 tried to uh, just just use offense. And the Philadelphia Flyers came back three or four years later and went back to a Stanley Cup final using that type of uh, approach. And so you, you evolve uh, a, a little bit, and that's what the Golden Knights have done this year. They've evolved uh, because mm-hmm. uh, they uh, were having trouble scoring goals in crucial times in the last couple of years. So instead of hitting, hitting, hitting and having that energy line, they're trying to score more goals, uh, which uh, is a, a great approach. Approach and that's what's happened with their success uh, recently has been the incredible play of uh, the fourth line uh, contributing very consistently. This isn't a one disappear for three weeks, score, go back to the energy line for two weeks, come back. Like there, it's it's a very uh, regular occurrence that the fourth line, which right now uh, involves Brett Howden uh, and and various wingers that that are coming in and out of the lineup uh, have been able to to produce some offense. So uh, I th- I think it's um, uh, while we're having some fun with that, while we're having some fun with that, it's it's an important mm-hmm. part to remember that uh, that it's also just a way to get our message across as to why they don't hit as much. And if you're waiting for them to out hit the opposition, then you're going to be waiting all year and we we better ditch that little a theme that that people have been clutching onto and i don't even know where that thread came from uh to be quite honest mm, yeah. uh but yeah. it's it's an important way to uh educate and and get everybody uh moving in the in in the right direction you know, and just kind of to to that point, and specifically when it comes to the Golden Knights fourth line, I think the the, the most consistent combination of players that we've seen this year, and, and it's hard to be consistent with how injured the Golden Knights have been and, and the gymnastics they've had to put on the ice uh, with just their roster. But I, I think we could make the argument, right, that Will Carrier, Brett Howden, and Keegan Colasar, those three have been the most consistent fourth-line players for this club all season long. And when you count the goals between the three of them, you're sitting at 20 goals between Carrier, Howden, and Colasar with 28 games left to go. Like, I don't think that there's ever been a period in time where the Golden Knights have had that many goals from their fourth line with this much runway left in the season. So let's let's take a look at that because I think it's important to acknowledge where the totals are. So you're you're saying they have 20 goals and that's between uh, Howden, Colasar, mm-hmm. and Carey, right? Yep. Yep. So a year ago, the fourth line would have been Nosek, who scored. Eight, and this is a 56-game yep. schedule. Carrier with six, and uh, Ryan, Ryan Reeves. Reeves, who had one. Yep. 
you're you're already better and you're not at mm-hmm. you're not at 56 games. So the 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 totals are much improved. 5 goals, does yeah. that sound like a lot? Well, in 56 games, yeah. That yeah, that's for sure. that's a stark improvement uh on the past. How much do you miss the energy and the hits? Uh you, the the fans miss it and the team will miss that energy. Uh, the coaches will miss being able to put out uh, that line at certain points during a game. But does Pete DeBoer appreciate the the goal that gave them the lead for the fifth straight game last night as, as Howden and uh, Kolasar go down the ice and convert a beautiful play? Uh, yes. And I'm not saying there's, there's no merit in physical play. I'm not. Sure. But I'm what I want to do is get across to everybody as to why they're not hitting as much as they used to and that there's a, a specific reason why they're not hitting as much as they used to, and that's to score more goals. And they've got five more goals out of that same line uh, with in, in almost uh, – well, there's a, f- and a few more games to go. So that five could grow to seven uh, by, by the time they, they play 56 games. Um, and, and, and that's with all the injuries too uh, and, and, a, and a lineup that's uh, been disjointed and, and, and moved around. So uh, that's, that's the only reason why I, I had some fun with the, uh, with the troll drop. Chris Chapman. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's worth noting that Jonas Rombierg was, was in yesterday and in his morning availability, one of the things he, he said, and it, it kind of stuck out at me, was he said, look, I, I want to be in there on our fourth line to contribute in scoring. And mm-hmm. I, I, I found it pretty pretty cool that the fourth line with him on the ice was the one that went out and scored the opening goal of the game just, just a couple minutes in. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned the hitting, and, and yeah, I guess I guess – you know, for, for some people, that's important. But I think what's more important is scoring goals. And the fourth line, is, as you guys have mentioned, has contributed a lot more this season than they probably have in, in years past. And, and, and Darren well, we just, already, we just, yeah, proved you that. just rattled off that, that, yeah. that number. So, um, you know, I, I just thought it was interesting that Rombier in there, and he says, look, we, we want to we go out and contribute. We want to help this team win games. And, and there it is, first goal of the game. The fourth line goes out, and they, they contribute and, and score the opening goal. Carrier is going to be part of that line. Uh, Rombierg will normally not be on a fourth line. Like if, if it was a year ago, Rombierg would not be on that line, right? Because he just doesn't play that style, and you can't put a a round peg into a square hole. It's 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 very difficult because um, I, I know I know I reversed those because. I, normally, it's the square peg into the round <laughs> hole, but the round hole is the finesse, is the score, and and that's it. You're, you're not putting that into that hole because it uh, it's it's not going to work. It's not going to fit properly. Uh, and and why would you put why would you put a skilled player onto the pure energy line or the meat grinders? Mm-hmm. Now, now you can call up the skilled player, and you can put them on almost any line that that you want because. You're relying on all of your lines to be able to score. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's the read that I have, right, is you've got guys within your system and, and within the organization that uh, 
if there's a if there's an opportunity that that comes about that you need to plug a guy in, you can plug them in just as easily on your fourth line as you could on on your third line or second line as we've seen throughout this year for the Golden Knights and and a lot of that has to do with style of play and what the expectation is. And for the Golden Knights, evolution was necessary just based on what you're seeing from teams around the NHL. The the pure go out check hit somebody energy type of line that doesn't produce um, at a consistent rate is is going by the wayside in this league. It, it, hitting, is it important? Absolutely. But you don't need 100 hits a game to play physically, and you don't need 100 hits a game to wear down your opposition. The way the Golden Knights forecheck, the way that they can get in and, and dial up the pressure, that's exhausting too. And now you're, you're getting an opportunity, right, for the Golden Knights if fully healthy or, or if you get closer to that ideal. Like, Nolan Patrick could potentially be anchoring a fourth line for this hockey club and playing top top unit power play minutes in the same situation. And that, I think, leads to the versatility that the Golden Knights are after this season. And look at the balance on on the two fourth lines that we've compared from last year to this year. And yeah. you, you had uh, eight goals from, from Nosek a year ago. And yeah. then you had uh, William Carrier with six and Ryan Reeves with one. Well, this yeah. year, Carrier has another six. Mm-hmm. Keegan Colasar has six. Howden yep. has eight. They all put the puck in the net. Here. Right. And Ryan Reeves played a huge role with this team. I'm not going to deny that. But if if you're going to put Ryan Reeves out there, it wasn't to score goals. Like, he, he needed to score more to justify that salary and to be able to be a, a regular performer in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. The thing uh, yeah. that you go about. Colasar, Howden, and Carrier can all play in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, on a regular basis because they can all put the puck in it. Carrier is going to, should, record a career high in goals this year. Uh, Keegan Colasar is already there. And, and then some, boy, does he like playing the San Jose Sharks. That's three of his <laughs> nine goals uh, head-to-head against the, the, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, yeah. and, and Howden ha- has settled in. And uh, and isn't it amazing to watch watch Brett Howden as – a guy that was drafted very high, I find it amazing that we embrace what Brad Howden can do and is doing with the Vegas Golden Knights. Whereas he, if he was with the New York Rangers right now, mm-hmm. and certainly uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, eight goals would be at the bare minimum because of expectations where he was brought into the organization. Brad yeah. Howden was, was acquired by the Vegas Golden Knights to be a four maybe a three center and he's going to score 12 to 14 goals this year based on the mm-hmm. the eight right now hopefully yeah. hopefully it's 14 12 I, I expect four more goals this year that's that's a, a huge number without the pressure that goes along with it you're, you're finding a player that is perfectly situated for this role and you bring him in without the the expectations of being that player that was drafted uh, so high. So uh, it's 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 
also finding your your right spot within the league. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure that uh, when when he was told that he wasn't going to be a New York Ranger, uh, that hurt a little bit uh, as as he was traded because you always want to make it work wherever you are. But but this has turned out to be a golden situation. And if you can if if you prorate these numbers, and I'll just do mm-hmm. it uh, off the top of my head. So we'll go twelve. Uh, we'll go nine. So uh, that's 21, and go another nine. Uh, that's 30 goals out of your out of your fourth line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over 82 games. That's damn good. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Like when when you when you have you know Kelly McCrimmon over the course of the summer saying that I, I believe that this is the deepest our our forward core has ever been. Everything was about depth. If you could, by the time the season is over. Look at your fourth line, the way that it was constructed most prominently, most consistently, and say, you got 30 goals out of Will Carrier, Brett Howden, and Keegan Colasar combined. I mean, that's winning, right? Like, that is exactly what you were hoping for, and it comes through. And, you know, just kind of a note on Brett Howden, who's played 41 games this year for the Golden Knights. Um, 19 points, so nearly a half a point a game player uh, this, this year. And sitting just one point behind William Carlson, mm. who has 20 points and seven goals in 39 games. So when you look at look at it from a production standpoint, Brett Howden and William Carlson, they're they're right there, neck and neck in terms of what they've done, and that just further highlights the importance of what Brett Howden's been able to do as that fourth line pivot in chipping in consistent offense. That tells you that you need more out of William Carlson. Not oh for sure. Not yeah. That Brett Howden is super overachieving. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I, I think that that's absolutely fair. Um, it, it just it gives you an idea of the type of production that you're getting out of Brett Howden because you know you look at William Carlson and, and everything that he does on the ice. We we understand that it goes beyond just goals and points for William Carlson, but, but um, yeah, I think it tells you. Yeah, I think it tells you two things. You, you want more production out of William Carlson for sure, but you recognize and understand that Brett Howden is is putting up numbers that that are are exactly where you'd hope them to be on a line that you haven't seen those types of numbers really ever. And I think that's important. And why I bring that up uh, is with with the Brett Howden uh, being in the same area of of William Carlson and whether it's fair or not to, to compare the two is sometimes a guy can just go on a streak and mm-hmm. have a a year that is unprecedented and he may never have again. And he'll be in that range of, of, a, of a number two center like William Carlson is right now. And comparing the two isn't really fair because this guy's having a season that we, we don't expect to happen again. It's lightning in a bottle. Well, I think I think Brett Howden can do this pretty consistently, and and now that he's found his his range with Vegas and has settled in here yeah. into, into this role, uh, the the where it uh, it's incumbent on the other side is is just Will being able to to add some some numbers to it. Now, it it also goes back to uh, William Carlson and expectation from his first year. That was the outlier. Yeah. Yep. What what is William Carlson really? Uh, is, is he uh, a forty goal scorer? No, no. And with all due respect, not, not even close. But does a lot of things, and and this year has made his two wingers 
and helped his two wingers to being the the top two goal scorers on this team. So while while Will's numbers aren't there, I think I think there's some some real positive signs to his game. Uh, certainly the last last couple of games where they've yeah. all been in sync, but but th- he's not he he's not bringing anybody down by having uh, what you would call uh, a, a year that's that's off his his career averages because the other two are one two in in goal scored for your hockey club uh, right now. And, and that's, that's also an important thing to, uh, to keep in mind. Now, uh, the, the fourth line, traditionally the energy line, meat grinders, put them out to start a game, put them out after a goal, go get it. Yeah. Now they score goals. So what do you lose? Well, you lose, you lose some hits. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. You're not even, you're, it's, it's hardly even in the same league, even though it's the same <laughs> league with, with your fourth line. But there's still bite there, and you saw it yeah. last night. Keegan Colstar going at it with Vial off the off the faceoff. There's bite yeah. there. Hey, you don't you don't have to fight. You don't have to club uh, somebody in, in the in the back of the head in the in the corner. You don't have to uh, go and and throw a crunching body check. But there's still bite to their game. Uh, whether it's uh, Carrier on the line, and I know that, uh, that that that's floating around right now with with the injuries uh, to to the lineup. But uh, like Keaton Colasar, when it's appropriate, can still do that. Last night, he went out with Viala off the faceoff, and then turned around and just skated to the, to the penalty box. Didn't even engage uh, as he skated to the penalty box. Uh, which, which I thought was 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 funny and was was great. Uh, he said he, he uh, couldn't understand him because Vial was speaking uh, French. So, which is also yeah. like if if you can't understand what the the person's saying, if they're speaking Swedish or 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 Russian, then then it's tough to to get into it. Although some of that's in an international language, uh, he he didn't. There's time and place, but he pushed back, and and there is still that element of uh, physical presence on that line. Their job and their primary role has just changed significantly. Yeah, I, I mean, you're you're seeing a a change in in approach from the Golden Knights in in what they expect their fourth line to be. Is it still going to be physical? Sure. Is it going to be a line that goes out there and is laying hit after hit after hit and not trying to make plays with the puck? No, it's not. And and you know. I look at it and say, oh, I'd rather you make a play with the puck. I'd rather in that situation, Brett Howden, Keegan Colasar, recognize the opportunity that's in front of them with a two-on-one, and they go out there and put the puck in the back of the net. That's exactly what they did last night. And I like the idea of up 3-1 in a game where you don't want to give anything to the opposition, skating away. It, it, it is perfectly okay to not engage when you don't need to. And I, I think that's kind of the big thing for me. And then the other thing that I think gets lost in all this hitting talk is how many times this year have we talked about a massive hip check, bum check, whatever you want to call it, from Braden McNabb? Right. Why is it that those moments get lost when we talk about overall hits within a game? Hmm. I don't understand it. Because, because, because he's you, a defenseman and, and everybody wants to talk about the fourth line being forwards. That's the that, only, I mean, that's I, the only thing I can come up with. Because we we marvel at it, we talk about it, we we highlight it when it happens. And yep. there was a stretch where Braden McNabb was laying one of those every single night. Yeah, it was like Max so, Pacioretty scoring every single. Night. It was went on like seven it, games in a row. Exactly, and and so for for me, like there are moments within the game where this team can be physical. There are moments within the game where the Golden Knights can still be bullies. And that's 
really all I want. I want the ability to do both, but I'd rather the ability for the fourth line to put the puck in the back of the net. And we're seeing, based on the numbers, that that's what they're doing more consistently this year than at any other point in time in Golden Knights history. Used to be forechecking involved finishing your check. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. physical. And it's it's changed probably with the with the the lost season and it's gone through different waves and incarnations of it and certainly we're way beyond that designated tough guy being out there but you don't have to finish your check every time you don't have to in a series it's a little different you want to you want to wear down the opposition or at least make them think but physical pressure and speed pressure are two different things. The Golden Knights have always, and this this has this goes back to year number one, and whether you you want to believe it or not, and the meat grinders were in that area, this team and their DNA was always pressure forecheck. Not mm-hmm. physical forecheck, but pressure forecheck. All over you, make you make a mistake because of their speed, because they're on your then the meat grinders developed a following, and we all fell in love with that narrative. But it didn't change the top three lines. It was always physical, on you, make you make a mistake, cough up a puck when you don't want to, uh, make you turn the wrong way, uh, and with, with, with puck support. Uh, that, that has been consistent from day one. We just kind of got off track here uh, a, a little bit in our belief. And then the team changed its approach. They Instead of having top nine and energy line, they went 12. They went four lines. And this is, this was always talked about as being a four line team. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't. They played the fourth line. (laughs) Then they did, but it played it. That line, the meat grinders played a totally different role. They played but it wasn't like a four-line team. This is a true, by definition, four-line team uh, that uh, that you're watching fr- from the, the Vegas Golden Knights. So enough with the hit counts. It doesn't mean a lot. Timing of a hit and the size of the hit and the impact of the hit mean a lot more than that column at the bottom of your event summary on a game sheet uh, at the end of the day. So get away from that and start. And, and, and face-offs are the same thing. And I'll cite face-offs. <laughs> I'll cite face-offs the odd time when it when it when it's merited. Uh, like the other night, Jack Eichel was was eighty percent in the face-off. Well, that's an unbelievable yeah. number. Yeah. But I can tell you, far too often, a team will be sixty-five mm-hmm. percent stuff circle and lose the game five two yeah and it's it's a cool stat it's a crutch uh for for broadcasters more than fans but i think the hit count is is a real crutch for fans as opposed to broadcasters broadcasters don't really we'll look at the big number McNabb, five hits wow he was really engaged there last night uh that that area but hits don't don't mean as much as certainly it's been made out to be. And I, I again, I don't know where the narrative came from. 
but it was really evident on Monday when we when we took the phone calls, and I yeah. did feel the need to revisit it after this game. And I don't know what tomorrow night they may go out and they may plaster the Boston Bruins with with double the hits uh, that the Boston Bruins have. That'll be great. But as mm-hmm. my buddy Darren Elliott says, usually that means the puck as much as the other team, and you're throwing hits because you're chasing. That's usually yeah. it in the uh, night-to-night basis around the National Hockey League. That's usually what that means. So I, I don't mind uh, the way things are, are going right now. That's a long conversation that we just had without getting to Riley Smith and the Misfits uh, last night. <laughs> yeah. boy, boy, were they, were yeah. they ever good. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a break and come back with, uh, with that side of it, uh, the play of the day. Sam and Ash are coming up uh, in just a little bit. Uh, we also have uh, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and our game rating in hour number two. Uh, that, uh, that is a huge one. Uh, let's uh, take a break now. We'll come back. Uh, more VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Our friend Sam and Ash from SamandAshLaw.com going to join us in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to get into some conversations about the complexities of what's happening in Ukraine with the Russian invasion and the National Hockey League's handling of trying to make sure that they make a, a statement that, uh, that goes against what is happening and stand firm with what's uh, uh, with their displeasure about what what's happening with the conflict in Ukraine, but also having Russian players uh, involved in the National Hockey League, and they're two like you can't put Putin and Russian players all in the same basket. That's not fair at all. But mm-hmm. there's also yeah. because ties and Russian and and Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, 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 like there's there's close ties there. Uh, it's it's complicated. Like Artemi Panarin is not a Putin supporter, and has spoken out there. So we acknowledge that, but we shouldn't uh, automatically assume uh, that every Russian player is either for or against. There's middle ground in all that, and there's uh, things that that muddy that whole relationship when it comes to uh, dealing with somebody like Vladimir Putin. Yeah, I mean you're you're absolutely right. I mean there, you know, you you have to kind of take it on a case by case basis with uh, with you know individual players. I think that's the only way to to look at it. I think the the danger becomes when uh, you you throw blanket statements on things and you start looking in absolutes because I, I think you're absolutely right there. And there's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of muddy track and. Um, you know the the fact of the matter is we we have no idea what it's like to be a Russian athlete that's playing in in a north in North America. We just we have no idea what comes with all of that, and it's it's hard for us to to really believe that we do or understand that we do because uh, the the way things are are kind of going or the way things go with Vladimir Putin in Russia, um, it's it's not something we have any firsthand experience with as as individuals. And it's, it's complex for the leagues, the associations, the federations as well. We've yeah. seen swift reaction from the WIHF, the IOC, FIFA, uh, certainly. Formula One, just to use them as an example, and, and, and Ash will be uh, all over this, a big Formula One fan. Uh, 
that's they're they're walking the line because uh, Mazapan uh, is going to be able to drive, but under a neutral flag. And then in the UK, there's some talk about whether or not he'll be able to drive at all in that race. They've taken away the Sochi uh, event, the, that Grand Prix, but now whether or yeah. not in some countries whether uh, the the Russian participants will be able to, to drive at, at at all or, or participate. So there's uh, there's some real interesting uh, actions being taken, and some of it I really get, and some of it I endorse, and most of it I'm fully on board for. But there's also parts of it that, I mean, look, just because I'm Canadian doesn't, mean that I believe everything about the, the current person that's in power uh, with the Canadian mm-hmm. government or you with, uh, yeah. with the U.S. If my avatar is that leader, there's, there's a pretty strong uh, insinuation uh, and leap sure. that, that I'm fully on board there. doesn't mean I endorse war, but... Right that leader has invaded a, a sovereign nation. So do I come under any type of sanctions because of that? Because I continue to allow myself to be linked to that particular uh, situation. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. I uh, can't wait to get into it with, uh, with Sam and Ash. I, I'm a news junkie, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I've taken the, the idea, the approach, uh, our family is uh, expose our, our children to this as much as possible because it's, it's, we feel it's important. Our children are of a certain age, uh, 15 uh, and, and, and uh, 13. So I think that's, that's where we are. I know, I know some families have kept their kids away from it entirely uh, because uh, it's, it causes anxiety and it's un- unsettling, but boy, oh boy, it, uh, I-, I think it's, it's important for us to all be as in- engaged and informed as possible. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think that there's certainly uh, moments within, you know, just within history, right, where, where you have to be as, as clued in as, as possible, whatever that means to you. And, you know, I, I think you're right. Like there's, there's a lot of different uh, ways to approach this, um, but uh, I think just, you know, trying to, to wade into the waters and, and understand exactly what's going on, understand why um, it, it is not okay, and, and then going from there and, and trying to explain it as best you can to, you know, your kids or, or anyone you're having a conversation with, I think is kind of the, the right way to go about it, to, to have that open dialogue and to use this as an opportunity to listen to a lot of different uh you know, viewpoints or, or thoughts or ideas, but uh, ultimately it's it's important to to not shy away from things that are uncomfortable and, and difficult because that's where you you learn ultimately whatever lesson you're you're supposed to learn in these situations. It, this is totally unrelated, but I want to give a shout out to uh, Vince Sampienza from uh, 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 the, the awesome report that he that he did uh, over at Fox uh, on just uh, the the grassroots hockey. Uh, or mm-hmm. and, and the growing of, of the grassroots hockey uh, in the Las Vegas Valley. It, it, it was never set up to be this way, but uh, we also in the Chirp this week have Sherry Hudspeth, who's uh, in charge of the, of the, of the girls' hockey uh, uh, 
division with the Golden Knights and the the Vegas Junior Golden Knights, and that's that's going to drop uh, later on today. And she mm-hmm. coaches a team, and she's also uh, running uh, running that side of it. And uh, we both kind of put out these these same stories. But Vince, uh, uh, and I'll I'll tweet a link to it. Uh, just awesome stuff with this feature that that he was able to uh, do some great research on and talk to the particular people uh, that are, are involved in it, uh, and Darren Elliott and, and Max Pacioretty, who's got uh, children involved in the minor hockey system, Gage Quinney, who, who's from, from Las Vegas, and, and Sherry herself, and the growth that, that's uh, happened. And, and comparing uh, Arizona and Phoenix and their their hockey, uh, and youth hockey, from 1996, uh, and then to, to what's happened in, in, in Las Vegas and having the NHL All-Star Game. So I'm going to tweet that out in just a little bit, but Vince, uh, stick up to you, man. Uh, it's an outstanding report, and uh, check out uh, the conversation with uh, Sherry Hitzbeth uh, on the chirp uh, with Darren Lard. When we continue, uh, the situation in Russia, how does it affect Russian players in the National Hockey League? We'll be back with Sam and Ash in just a little bit. Plus, uh, we will get into one-timers. And if you call right now, 702-876-1340, and you are caller number 8, I'll give you two tickets to tomorrow night's game involving the Golden Knights against the Boston Bruins. Caller number 8 to 702-876-1340. This is Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Oh, my two favorite people been a while since I talked to them. Uh, 702-820-1234. Give Salmonash, salmonashlaw.com uh, call. You have any type of issue, they will make sure that you are completely taken care of. And it's good to be uh, back with uh, Ash. Uh, Ashley Watkins uh, from salmonashlaw.com. Uh, how are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because it was just going on this uh, explanation of what I'm doing during the uh, the uh, uh, conflict uh, russian invasion of ukraine and by the way i, I learned something this week and uh, th- thanks to twitter and where we used it as an educational uh device uh, i got a direct message from somebody because i was calling it the ukraine and that was uh the uh, what uh, the Soviets referred to uh the ukraine as and when it gained independence it's just ukraine and uh, that's they're, they're two totally different terms. They, they sound so similar, but yeah, the Soviets called it the Ukraine. Now it's uh, Ukraine, and uh, hopefully it stays that way. But uh, I, I digress. Uh, the, well, now I've learned something. Oh, you didn't know that either. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, good. I thought it was uh, might be just me because I I, I felt so bad, uh, especially. Uh, uh, having so many uh, Ukrainian uh, friends, family, uh, where I played junior hockey was the Canadian Ukrainian capital, and they had the National Youth Festival. So I'm very. This is uh, somewhat close to home. But uh, when it comes to the National Hockey League, Ash, uh, they come out with the stern uh, statement uh, regarding uh, the the Russian involvement and and the decision to invade Ukraine. But then there's there's follow there's there's the Russian athletes inside the National Hockey League uh, is. I don't know whether it's complicated or whether it's uh, just uh, uncomfortable. How how would you term what's happening right now in in professional sports in the National Hockey League? Well, I think it is uncomfortable and complicated, so I think the answer is both. Mm -hmm. Um, I sympathize with Russian athletes around the world who are being aligned with Putin and what he's doing if they are not supportive of it. Uh, and if they are, then okay, you know, you're going to get backlash for what's taking place. But I sympathize with them. A lot of them are being caught up in this. 
and for things that they they haven't done or affiliations just by heritage. So I, it is complicated and unfortunate and sad. I guess kind of the, the natural question that, that I have when it comes to that is like, is that is that in and of itself discriminatory from from a, from the aspect of, uh, you know, if, if you're just a Russian player, you're being excluded from certain things because you're a Russian player, not so much because of any other reason. Like, is there something there for for some of those Russian players to, to just say, you know, I, I'm not I'm not like I don't have an avatar with me and, and Putin in a picture like I, I'm not necessarily sh- or I shouldn't be lumped into this category. Like, it, how, how do you how do you mitigate or manage that? Yeah, that's a, is a great question. They are being discriminated by their 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 heritage, and the complexity is here. It's not just flat out. It's based on acts of war, and that's a unique situation. And it's a delicate balance. But you know, one of the things I'm looking to is I, I'm a huge Formula One fan. Formula One has international drivers and people, and they have races all over. The Formula F- F1 came out and said, we're not doing the Russian Grand Prix. Uh, any Russian driver needs to drive under the Formula One flag. You can't fly the Russian flag. We don't want any affiliation with it due to what's going on. But now the interesting thing is the U.K., uh, motorsport, the governing body within the U.K., said we will not allow any Russian drivers. So now you've got specific races in different countries not allowing people to drive based on their heritage. So it's it's a delicate balance, and what you can do is just try and protect them from any type of hate crimes or unnecessary backlash. But there is a it, when it deals with nationality and allegiance and wars are going on, you know, a country has, an, has the right to dis, disassociate from it. Ashley Watkins with us from SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right, and uh, they will make sure that you are totally taken care of. Any type of uh, situation you're in, give them a call, 702-820-1234, or log on to SalmonAshLaw.com. When it comes to to threats, uh, what kind of recourse does, uh, say, a National Hockey League Russian player have when they're being harassed or being... uh, feeling some type of uh, delicate situation that uh, that could potentially turn turn dangerous. Yeah, so any NHL player that's receiving death threats based on Russian heritage has the same recourse that you or I have. If we receive a death threat or any type of harassment, we go to our local law enforcement, we report it with all the details and information, and then if they choose to prosecute the person, you have an ability to potentially get uh, criminal restitution, which is any monetary damage you have for what they did to you. So if you had to, you had a fear that they were going to come and, and assault you or harass you at your home, and you had to get a hotel for that night, your damage would be that hotel uh, stay. But um, also, if it rose to a case, you could sue them civilly. Yeah, and that that gets so. You got to prove that, uh, and, well, and 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 yeah. So that that gets into how do you protect yourself in the time and the and the moment, right? Yeah. So if some look, if someone's threatening you in the time and the moment, you got to call the cops and call nine one one and let them know what's going on and and that you're you feel threatened legitimately and get out of there. If you think if you're staying at home and you think someone knows where you live and they're threatening your life, get out of there. And so. And then if you have damages, financial costs with protecting yourself and your family, that could be pursued through criminal restitution or potentially a civil lawsuit. 
presuming you could track down whoever the person is that's threatening you. And with Twitter and the Internet, it gets tricky, but it's not impossible. It, it, when you when you kind of factor in everything that that's that's going on, tensions are, are certainly at, at high at this point. Like, do you beyond just hockey, beyond just athletes, just in general, like do, do you expect or, or think that that we're kind of in a in a position or period here where uh, you you'll start to see some some hate crimes uh, spring up and committed in the midst of the Russian invasion? And you know, at that point, like, what do you do? What do, what do you do in this situation? Yeah, you know, we always see this stuff when there's conflicts between national, different countries. You always see that. And then we saw it with 9-11. There was backlash and there were hate crimes and there was um, harassment. And so it's unfortunate. And people that are actually innocent and are just from that heritage are being blamed for this. That's not fair. That's not right. It goes against everything that we stand for as Americans because, look, we're a country of immigrants. So, we, you know, we all have different backgrounds, and we need to remember that and only accuse and hold those accountable that are really responsible for what's going on. So I do expect it, but if there are hate crimes and threats against people's lives and livelihoods, then that will be handled through law enforcement. I'm curious. The Ovechkin one is is a really uh, hot button top subject, and yes. uh, and we'll finish off uh, this way. He, he continues to have the picture of uh, Putin and Ovi as his avatar on Instagram. At least he was as as early as this morning, last time I checked. It just seems like you're inviting. So I know he made this statement, and nobody uh, he doesn't want war, and I totally agree with that. But the relationship is also well publicized. The avatar just seems like a simple thing to do, but if he takes it down, does he, he does he hear from Vlad himself? Because that's that's a possibility too. I'm not sure what the right answer for for Ovi is. Well, I think yeah, um, it depends how close those ties to Putin are, and that's what everyone is seeing by that avatar staying up there. You're you're reading between the lines. The statement was the statement, and I get it, you don't want war, but you still support Putin to injure your country and what it's doing. And so I think you're right. The avatar change would have been a simple gesture of disassociating from Putin and what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, Um, but he won't do it. And so now he's accepting the the guilt by association. And and then there's going to be blowback for that uh, and and justifiably so uh, because i mean that's that's a relationship that you're acknowledging that you're continuing by that by that picture we are all adults here and you are make he's making a choice a conscious choice uh, to keep that avatar there and i would be blown away if he has no idea that it's still up there so he's making a calculated decision and when you do that in life it comes consequences and he's accepting them clearly uh, i also uh, have never had the avatar of vladimir putin up and had to tell vladimir putin that i'm going to take it down in this case and wondering what what kind of blowback that would be maybe he's he might be thinking the blowback or the 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 situation with keeping it up is better than pissing off that guy which, yeah, absolutely. We yeah. don't know what's going on. Right. We don't know the connection and the tie, the extent of the true connection and ties of Ovi and Putin. And so when I see him keeping the avatar up, it insinuates to me that they're significant and there's a legitimate concern on Ovechkin's 
part that removing it is worse than any blowback any person on Twitter or social media can give him. Uh, you are so smart, and uh, you're so awesome to come on with us and, and talk about <laughs> this and uh, be able to guide us through these different areas of uh, complexities with the National Hockey League. And Russian players are a big part of it, and uh, they're an important part of it uh, as well. 702-820-1234. And I actually mentioned the uh, Mazapan uh, tie-in earlier and said, mm-hmm. I guarantee you Ash is going to talk about this, and you did. So we are, <laughs> you like, predicted it. We haven't talked for a while, but we're still on the same page. Uh, Ashley Watkins, uh, thanks for this, and uh, be well, my friend. Oh, you too. Bye, guys. There's Salmon Ash, uh, SalmonAshLaw.com. Ashley Watkins joining us on the VGK Insider Show. We have uh, two more sets of tickets to give away in our number two. Two more sets of tickets to see the Boston Bruins and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, coming up in hour number two on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This has been the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash. Visit them at SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's right.